Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule thy people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. That's where we'll stop reading right there, more than we can ever preach out. And uh, we began to think the other day, and the Lord kind of laid this on our heart. And we thought about what makes a wise man, or the qualifications of a wise man. So if the Lord will be our helper for just a few minutes, I'd like for everybody in this house this morning to ask yourself this question. Am I a wise man? I know we've got ladies and gentlemen, so for you, you ladies, ask yourself if you're a wise person. Am I a wise man? And I know there's all kinds of Christmas stories and things like that, but this is the way the Lord has led us this morning. And so the first thing we notice about this story I've read to you, and we'll probably be going some other places in God's Word, but the first thing we notice about this story that I've read to you this morning is one of the first qualifications for a wise man, they sought Jesus. That's all they was interested in. They didn't care what Herod thought. They didn't care that he was the recognized king of the Jews. They didn't care that he got all Jerusalem stirred up. All they were interested in was finding Jesus. A wise man still seeks him. A wise man still looks for him. And I know we as missionary Baptists get a lot of blame sometimes. They say, well, we believe that all you've got to do is make a trip to the altar and that's it. No. No, a wise man still seeks Jesus every day. Just because I've been saved 40 years don't mean I don't need Jesus today. 
I still have to seek him out. I still have to call his name. I still have to feel his presence. I still have to know that I'm near him. A wise man seeks Jesus. And I'm glad for the day that I found him, aren't you? I'm glad for the day that I met him personally. And maybe we preach this some Wednesday night. It's not enough just to know him. Just to know the name. It's not enough just to know the name. And you may know the name Donald Trump, but I dare say there's none in this building this morning that's ever shook hands with him. I would dare say there's none in this building this morning that's ever carried on a conversation with him. We know of him, but we don't know the man. A lot of people know of Jesus, but they don't know him personally. I'd advise you to find Jesus. I'd advise you to ask him into your heart today. I'd advise you to call on his name. And the Bible says he's not of them that are for broken heart and will save such as a contrite spirit. So if you're going to be a wise man, the first thing you've got to do is find Jesus. Because he's your only hope in this life. So pray for us for a few minutes. And so we read on and we read about where they went and they presented themselves before Herod. And the Bible said Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. You know what? There's not a lot of wise men in this world today. And Herod may have presented himself as being a noble, as being somebody royalty. He may have presented himself as being wise or smart. He may have presented himself as being a leader, but he wasn't a wise man. How do you know that, preacher? Because when the name of Jesus was mentioned, he was troubled. He hadn't been seeking him. He hadn't even thought about him. The thought of Jesus coming had never entered his mind. He was troubled. There's a lot of people today that's not seeking Jesus. And when he comes back on the clouds of glory, they'll be troubled. Their heart will break. They will cry out to him. They'll run to the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from his face. A wise man seeks Jesus. All right. He was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. But the wise men didn't care about that. They just wanted to find Jesus. And when they came, they followed the star to the place where the baby lay. And they went in and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. One family together. That's about as close as you can get, ain't it? And my mind, and in the representations, even in our representation when we do the pageant, the manger is just small enough just to fit the child. But the Bible says that they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, just a trough to to lay the hay where the cattle could eat out of, but they were in there together. Oh, folks, wise men stay together. Wise men don't let a little trouble bother them. Wise men stay together, come what may, because they know that there's one way to do things, and that's to do it together. Oh, and so they saw this family together. So no matter what people think of us at Dutch Bottoms, no matter what our neighbors and our kid folks and folks think of us at Dutch Bottoms, let's keep coming to church, let's keep loving one another, and let's do it together. All right. Wise men seek Jesus. They went in and they bowed down 
Can we agree on that? And they worshipped him. And they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You want to know what else wise men do? Wise men are humble. Wise men don't want to, to brag and boast of what they can do and what they've done and what they're going to do. These men were wise. And we've even heard songs about them. They sang, we three kings of Orion are. But I'm here to tell you today, they were humble. They got down on their knees in front of a baby, born in a stable, born in a manger, in a barn, in a place where people rejected him. And that was the only place left for him to go. Three wise men got down there where animals had trod, where, where they had been there and walked around. I, I can imagine cows and sheep and things of that nature. And they got down there in their royal garments on their knees and they walked. Jesus! Wise men are humble. They didn't care that they might get their garments stained. They didn't care about the smell. You ever been around a bunch of animals? It don't always smell great, does it? They got down there in them royal garments on their knees and they bowed their head as low as they could go and they were thankful that they were in the presence of the Christ child. Amen. Yeah. Well, preacher, if that had been me, I would have done that too. Well, let me tell you something. You'd be in his presence this morning. Oh, he walks among us. Did you know that? This is his house today. And thanks be to God, every once in a while, we can humble ourselves and be in the midst of his presence. Wise men see Jesus. Wise men are humble. Now let's take a look at the gifts for just a minute, if you will. They presented unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were things that were precious, things that were hard to come by. These men evidently were not frivolous. These men evidently were good managers, I guess you would say. No, long, no telling how long they had saved to be able to come across these items to give them to Jesus. Now, now this is a twofold thing, if you'll stay with me for just a minute. They were frugal. They were conservative. They took care of what they had. And I don't know, I've, under, I've understood that frankincense and myrrh were spices that they were meant to prepare, people used them, they smelled good, and they, meant, they used them in that day and age to prepare the bodies for burial and things of that. But I'm sure the spice in and of itself, I've never went to Food City and bought a spice, never bought ginger, never bought cinnamon, that it wasn't in some sort of vessel, some sort of container. And these men, I can just see, and we see them. Uh, we had Christmas play here a few years ago, and we portrayed the, the birth of Christ, and the wise men came, and they had vessels that looked like brass, silver, and gold that contained their gifts and things of that nature. I'm telling you, Seth, that these men were well prepared. These men had spent years being willing to do whatever it took to give their gift to the Christ child. Folks, 
We need to take care of our vessels. We need to take care of our gifts that we're going to give the Christ child. What are you talking about, preacher? Right here's one that's so precious. Right here. Oh, right over there's another that's so precious. Right here's a couple that's so precious. Back there's something so precious. Let's not be frivolous. Let's not waste them. Let's not throw them away. Because this world will eat them up and destroy them. And if we let the world do that, we're in no way wise. Precious little thing right here. I appreciate this couple so much coming to be with us at Dutch Bottoms. Oh, that the Lord would use that little baby. She would be a saint and lift up the name of the Lord. Most precious thing you can hold in your arms, isn't it? It's wonderful to hold the child. But if we're not wise, Satan's always pulling. He's always tugging. He is not pleased that your child is in church. And he would love to see your child tarnished, destroyed, Laying out somewhere on the side of the road, stoned down in their mind. He'd love to see them get to the point where they thought there was no hope and no reason to live anymore. And he will if we're not wise. Bobby's son's a policeman. I'm sure he sees young people every day, lives destroyed because some person now parents we're the primary responsibility it falls right to us I don't know why I'm having to preach this John but if God trusted you with that child and blessed you and gave that child to you he expects you to give it to him in return he expects you to raise it up in his house. He expects you to teach it right from wrong. He expects you to teach it how to act, to teach it how to dress. Take care of the vessels. Be wise with the vessels that God has given you. Because one day they'll contain a gift that'll bless the Christ child and bless his people. This has been, two th Bobby mentioned it this morning, this has been 2,000 plus years ago. Here I am preaching about it this morning. In 2019, it happened 2,000 plus years ago, and I'm preaching about it 2,000 plus years later, about three men who were wise enough to give a gift. Oh, they might have not ever thought that it would ever be mentioned again, but it's preached every year. I'm here to tell you today. Now listen, wise men give their best. Wise men, these men had held on to these gifts for years. They had gathered. They had struggled. They had tried all they could do to come together. One of them got, got all the gold that God would give him and said, Here, this is all I've got. It might not be much, but it's the best I've got to give this child. One of them gathered in the burr. Maybe went different places as he traveled and said, have you got any myrrh? 
I've got to have Seb. I've got somebody that needs it. I've got to give in. One of them gathered in the frankincense and said, I've got something that needs to bring forth a sweet savor. I've got to give that to the child. Have you got any? And worked for years and years and years. And when they got there, they counted, oh Lord, they counted a privilege to be in the house where the child was. How about you today? He's here. Do you count it a privilege to be in the house where he is? Preacher, that's some kind of Christmas message. Yes, it is. Wise men seek Jesus. Wise men humble themselves. Wise men are frugal, conservative. They protect the vessels God's given them. Wise men give their best. Let's go on. You want to go on me just a little longer? Oh. Let's go back. <clears throat> to a little boy named Joseph. And I'll not preach his whole history out. You know him. You know that he was the son of Jesse. Or you know that he was the son of Jacob. How his brother betrayed him, threw him in the pit, he sold into slavery. Potiphar's wife lied on him, was thrown into prison. And he eventually became Pharaoh's right hand man in Egypt. <clears throat> Pharaoh had a dream. And in all the trials that Joseph went through, he was blessed. You may not understand the trial you're going through right now, just know you're blessed. Just know that God's got a purpose for that and he'll see you through. Oh, Joseph spent two years in prison and didn't understand why, did he? But God had a reason. Pharaoh had a dream. In the dream, there were seven cows, good and fat, and seven that were lean. And the seven fat cows destroyed the seven lean cows. Seven ears of corn and the seven good ears of corn destroyed the seven bad ears. And Pharaoh didn't understand the dream and he called his wise men and they couldn't tell him what was going on. I'm glad the Lord has blessed our medical folks to do things in life that help us to live and be successful and have joy. But I'm telling you, there's some things a doctor can't figure out. You have to do what a wise man does and seek Jesus. Oh, and so he called. Somebody told him about this man, Joseph. And he called Joseph up, and Joseph gave him the interpretation. You Bible readers know all about it, how there'd be seven good years of plenty and seven of famine. <clears throat> and whenever they found out, and Joseph said, Now set you a man over this that you can save 20% of the crop in the good years. And when you've done that and the seven bad years come by, your people will be able to sustain and to live 
And Pharaoh had this response about Joseph, who I would consider a very wise man. Joseph, you know, <laughs> here you go. You know what Joseph did? Joseph listened to the Lord. Pharaoh said, can we find such a man as this in whom the spirit of the Lord is? Wise men have the spirit of the Lord. Oh, you want to talk about another wise man? Let's talk about Daniel. Was down there captive and he refused the portion of the king's meat, the king's wine. That sounds pretty good to me. You know what wise men will do? Wise men will take what God gives them and they don't want anything else. That's hard to swallow. You pray for my voice here. I don't want, I want to preach this out. Daniel said, just give me pulse and water. You all know what Daniel did. When they passed the degree that no man would give a petition to anybody but the king for 30 days, Daniel prayed anyway. Wise men pray. You know what a foolish man does? He says, I can get by today without it. And you know what happens? They find themselves in a world of trouble. Amen. Daniel prayed anyway, made his petition anyway. <coughs> but when they needed help down there in Babylon, you know what they looked for? I told you wise men have a spirit. You know what they looked for? And you know why they chose Daniel? Daniel was a slave. Daniel was captive. Daniel was not of Babylonian descent. What right would he have anything to say in the decisions that were made in Babylon? But you know why they listened to Daniel? Because he had an excellent spirit. Amen. Folks, this is not what I think. It's not what you think. Well, I think, and I've seen churches pulled and torn and ripped all to pieces because of what somebody thought. Bless your heart, follow the Spirit. And if it's not of the Spirit, leave it alone. Amen. I don't know who that's for, but there you go. Amen. All right. Wise man. <coughs> Are you a wise man? Do you see Jesus... <coughs> Are you humble? Are you frugal? Are you conservative? Do you take care of the vessels God's given you? <clears throat> Let me retouch that just a second. He didn't just give you your child. He gave you that vessel right there. John, the Lord gave you this vessel right here. Keith, he gave you that vessel right there. Becky, he gave you that vessel right there. We're, if the Lord's given you, your husband or your wife, take care of them. Reverence them. Love them. Do things to make their life better. Because the Lord gave that person to you. In sickness and in health, how about this? Will you agree with this? Until death, death part. Amen. Amen. You're going to be with them, so you might as well take care of them. We're not just here to be 
be a blessing to our fellow church members. Let's take care and make it home too. You take care of your vessels. Do you pray? Wise men pray. Oh, let's go on. Remember the man Solomon? If we're going to read or preach on somebody that was wise, we might should mention Solomon, shouldn't we? He was the son of David. God had made David a promise that he would let one of his sons sit on his throne. And so the kingship fell to Solomon. And the Lord came to Solomon in a dream and said, Just ask anything you want. Now a wise man knows what to ask for. <laughs> Some of us foolish folks might have asked for wealth. Some of us foolish folks might have asked for fame. Some of us foolish folks might have asked for a long life. But Solomon fell down on his knees. He said, just give me an understanding heart that I can judge this I so great a people. In other words, I just want to help your people, Lord. Help me to lead them. Help me to guide them. Help me to have some empathy. Help me to have some understanding. Help me to do or say some little something that'll be a help to somebody else. Amen. We run around so often times feeling that we're okay. And if somebody else ain't just like us, then that's just too bad. But for the grace of God, you could be in their shoes. Yeah. Oh. Solomon asked for empathy. Solomon asked for understanding. That's what a wise man does. A wise man recognizes love. Remember the story of Solomon and the two harlots. They both had a child, and one of them overlaid her child during the night, smothered it to death, and choked it out. There's a whole lot in that scripture right there. There's a whole lot of spiritual information in that scripture. Did you know not every church is God's church? Amen. There's a lot of churches that will program, a lot of churches that will indoctrinate, a lot of churches that will smother the life right out of your child. Every opportunity they ever had to know Jesus will be smothered right out. You better thank God your child is in a church that has a real mother. Oh, that what are you talking about, preacher? A real mother just wants to see the child live. That was Solomon. You know how Solomon made that decision? A wise man recognizes love. He said, bring that child to me. And he took the sword. Where's my sword? He took the sword. And he said, let's just cut this child in half. Give half to her. Half to her and we'll be done with it. And the real mother said, no. No. Give it to her. Let it live. Let it live. Oh, Solomon recognized the mother's love. A wise man knows love when he sees it. Yeah. 
Ecclesiastes, who is as a wise man? But think of these things. I can't quote it exactly, but it says his face does shine. And I thought of when I read that about them men I've preached to you many times before. They're like your old sinner boy. Didn't know I was lost. Hopped up, came out of the third pew and around the church in power. I was okay until I rounded this corner. When I rounded that corner, looked up and there was old man Tom Ball, J.P. Blazer, Artie Chapman, Jack Strange, and the power of God all over them and tears rolling down their face and their countenance had changed. Might happen. I knew that instant I was lost. A wise man's countenance looks different. Well, preacher, how can you explain such a thing as that? Well, you just look in the mirror the next time you're confused. The next time you're troubled and see how your facial expression is. But then you look back when you're at peace. You look back when you know God's got it. And there's no doubt about it. God's got it, John. Amen. There's no doubt about it. Oh, worry looks like what looks like one thing. Confidence and peace looks like something totally different on your face. And a wise man face will shine. That's Moses. Whenever he came down off of the mountain and his face showed so much that he had to wear a veil so the children of Israel could even look on him. I'm telling you, ye are the light of the world. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. That's what a wise man would do. Oh, let's go on. You want to? Proverbs, a wise man seeth evil and fleeth from it. I've heard people so bold to make the statement, if I ran into Satan, I'd give him a black eye. Well, that's not biblical. Let me tell you what Satan's going to do to you. He's going to whoop you. He's going to mow you over. He's going to knock you down. You are no match for him whatsoever. Yeah. Read about the greatest battle ever won in the Bible by an individual. David. Even David was smart enough to say the battle is the Lord's. It's not mine. I can't do anything with it. All I can do is just be one little instrument. David was good at one thing. He was good with a sling. He just did his one little thing and God brought victory. You can't bring victory. Let the Lord do it. Oh, a wise man seeth, seeth evil and fleeth from it. That don't mean we need to be a coward. What that does mean is we need to recognize evil. <clears throat> I believe the Bible says, if I'm not mistaken, that Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. Now, I like to read my Bible. And I like when I preach to you, if I can at all, to be able to quote you the scripture. 
that I'm talking about. My mind is not as good as I'd like for it to be, and I can't always do that. And I've seen me, and Bill Ball's one of them. I've seen him stand and preach and quote almost the whole chapter out of a book. I've seen others. Doug Messer's another good one. Greg Warren was here for our Thanksgiving service is another good one. Great men of God know the Bible from cover to cover. But you know who knows it better than they do? Satan. He sure does. A wise man has a spirit, doesn't he? You better be able to. The Bible says try the spirits, whether they are of God. Did Satan not quote scripture when he talked to Eve in Genesis? Did Satan not quote scripture when he talked to Jesus there and he went the 40 days and 40 nights? Folks, listen. This is a whole lot closer and not everything, not everyone that saith Lord, Lord will enter in. A wise man seeks Jesus. A wise man is only. Shall I go on? Are you a wise man? Let's, let me cover one more thing. To him that heareth these sayings and do them, to him will I liken unto the wise man that built his house upon the rock. And the storms came and the winds blew and the house on the rock stood firm. But to him that heareth these sayings and do them not, will I liken unto him that built his house upon the sand. And the winds came, and the storm blew, and great was the fall of that house. I'm asking you, are you a wise man? Have you tried to seek Jesus? Have you called out his name? Have you trusted in him today? What's your life built on? Out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's your life about today? What comes out of this 99% of the time? Anybody can talk a good game. Did you know that? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. But what am I outside of here? What am I talking about on Monday? What am I talking about when the service is over? What am I talking about whenever church is not on my mind? What's your life built on? A wise man builds on the rock. What is the rock? He told Peter, I am the rock. And the on this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Your life better be founded on Jesus. Your life better be centered in his word. How do I know, preacher? Right here it is. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if a man should believe he shall be saved. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Amen. 
Now I can tell you Merry Christmas, and I mean that sincerely. I can tell you I hope that you're safe and sound, warm and blessed, and I mean that sincerely. But unless you're a wise man, you have no idea what Christmas is about at all. Oh, what does a wise man do? He seeks Jesus. What, what is a wise man? A wise man is humble. He's frugal. He's conservative. He takes care of the gifts that God has given him. He gives God the best that he has. He has the spirit. <laughs> Folks, he's built. He, he sees evil and flees from it. His countenance is different. He's built on the rock. Now, I have this running joke, I guess you'd say, about our pageant. I'm cast as a shepherd because I'm not sharp enough to be a wise man. But the joke is the joke. And all I can do, there's days I'm not sharp enough to be one, Bobby. But the joke is the joke. And the real Mike is saying, Lord, help me be wise. Lord, help me to seek you. Lord, help me. To be humble. Lord, help me to take care of the gifts and the vessels that you've placed in my life. Lord, help me. You may be here, listen, you may be here and not have children or not have a wife or a husband. You've still got people in your life you've got to take care of. You've got to watch over them because they're struggling without you. Take care of the vessels in your life. Alex is far, far away. It's about a 25, 26-hour drive of where he's stationed. I've been close to there. I kind of know. His family is on out there. They're here. But Alex, every day in your life, there's somebody you'd be a blessing and a help to. So take care of them vessels as God places them in your life. Oh, folks, there's more to this than just coming in and sitting down and getting up and going home. We need to be wise men. Exercise. Now let me let me say this. This world don't know what a wise man is. Pharaoh and Moses' day didn't know what a wise man was. Aaron and Moses went in. Aaron cast down the rod, and it became a serpent. Pharaoh said, "We can do that." The world's saying we can do. Religion thing. We got a Bible. It may not read like yours, but now Bible's Bible, ain't it? No, it's not. When it cuts out the spirit, when the water is not troubled, and that part of the scripture is cut out in most of the other versions. Did you know that? When the water is not troubled, when the spirit is cut out, it's not a Bible, and it's not God's word. You may disagree with me on that. Take it up with this right here. Thy word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. The world's saying we got a Bible. It may not be like yours, but now a Bible's a Bible. We got songs. They may not sound like yours, but now worship is worship. 
And if you're worshiping the same God, that's true. Let's make sure that we're not worshiping the creature more than the creator. And if I go to your church and I'm not welcome to make my petition before the Lord, that's a radical difference. Are you sure that that's church? If I go to your church and the power of God moves on me and says to me to say what a mighty God we serve, how wonderful a Savior I have, and I want to lift up his name and I'm not allowed to do that, is that church? The world has their wise men. And Pharaoh said, look what we can do. And his wise men cast their rods down. They all became serpents too. It looks similar, don't it? But it's not the same. You know what the wise man serpent did? It ate every one of them. Destroyed them all. When the Lord comes back, only one thing will matter. Are you wise? Remember the parable of the virgins. Ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. What was the difference? They all had lamps, didn't they? Every one of them had a lamp. All looked the same. All worked the same way. Functioned the same way. No doubt they had a wick. You've seen those old oil lamps, haven't you? You turn that little thing on the outside and the wick comes up. But if you don't have any oil in that lamp, it's never going to burn. The five wise had oil in their lamp. How'd they get that? They sought Jesus. How'd they get that? They humbled themselves. How did they get that? They took care of the gifts God had given them. How'd they get that? They gave Jesus their best. Preacher, I don't have nothing to give the Lord. Yes, you do. Your heart's still beating. Yes, you do. Your eyes... Your lungs are filled with air. Yes, you do. You've got this little old same thing that you've heard me flop here for 45 minutes or so. Right here. You've got one then. And you know what you can do with that for the Lord? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You've got something you can give. And it may not look like much to this world, but just give it to the Lord. He can do something wonderful with it. Are you wise? I've had friends leave this world drunk. Never, never went through the door of a church. The paper would read they're the Baptist faith. That don't mean a thing. If they wasn't wise, they died in their sins and went to hell. Let me tell this and I'm done. There was a knock at 3 o'clock one night this week on my parents' door. Front door and then the back door. Somebody hollering, hey, hey, hey. Most of you know where they live. Dad couldn't do nothing. Scared mom to death. She didn't know what to do. She called 911. They sent a county car out. 
she thought it might have been somebody off the road or somebody on drugs or something like that. It was a neighbor with Alzheimer's. And it was in the 20s. And he was about froze. They took him to Jefferson Memorial. They say he's probably had a heart attack, lost consciousness, he's not regained it. I've known these folks since I was four or five years old. They say they had a church, but they never seemed to attend. I'm not here to judge, but I know what a wise man looks like. You do too, don't you? You know, when you pulled up to this first scene, and there was Becky in that white costume, and Kathy in her Mary costume, you could look at both of those characters and say, well, that's not a wise man. And then you moved on up here to where Mary and Joseph and the angel was up above, Bobby and Debbie and, and my friend back here, Megan. You could say, well, that's a Joseph, and that's a Mary, and there's the, there's the Burrah. But there's no wise men in that scene. You go right on back here, and there's shepherds and angels up on the hill, but you knew by the costumes there were no wise men on that scene. Then you pulled around back here, our set King Herod and his royal apparel. And in front of him was three wise men, unmistakable. Their costume they wore, the way they presented themselves, the gifts that they offered, unmistakable that it was a wise man. God help me when people see me to realize I've got just a little bit of wisdom. We are to be unmistakable. Or to stick out preachers. I just want people like me. Well, that's not using your wisdom. We're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Amen. The first thing you could be, should be concerned with is whether or not they think you're a Christian. Because that shows your wisdom. Are you a wise man? Lord, help us to be wise.